0: Welcome to Prayers and Ponderings, a podcast of the Heartland Conference of the United Church of Christ. I'm Conference Minister Reverend Dave Long Higgins, and I'm delighted you have found this invitation to a precious pause for occasional prayers and other ponderings that we hope will deepen your sense of God's loving presence and hopefully offer some wisdom from a wide variety of voices along the way. We're delighted you're here and look forward to sharing more with you. And now, the precious pause.
1: When we were working on the script for this next introduction, we first landed on the old tripe, here is a man who needs no introduction. That's not exactly true. If you've not worked with him, I don't think that you really know the depth of David Long Higgins' work with the many entities in this conference and outside this conference, nor the commitment he brings, nor the total scope of his passion. The Heartland Conference, mainly through Dave's efforts, involved in a lot of ways in our lives together. And at to this time, we call on Dave to share what's happened since we've last been together. Reverend David Long Higgins.
0: Tom, thank you for that very kind introduction. Before I uh, begin my, my heart-to-heart with you, I want to do a couple of things. One is, many of you probably know that when, uh, when clergy, when authorized ministers, folks who've been involved in the pension board retire... We have a very deliberate way of keeping connection and support in our life together, and the folks who do this are called annuitant uh, visitors. I'm wondering if we can flip back to the prior slide for just a moment. <clears throat> uh, I want to recognize these dear ones in our midst who make contact with our retired, not just clergy, but their spouses. Uh, at, at, when, when authorized ministers pass away, and we still have care for their families, and these Dear ones in our midst really provide a significant presence. So I want us to honor uh, Randy Garris. I know Sandy Hutchinson. Sandy, are you still here? She There, Sandy, Dave, Dave Plant, uh, Doris Powell, Martha Smith, and Bob Tussing. And then Marv Reddick and uh, Gail Wells have been in this role and are, had needed to, to um, discontinue that just for their own, in their own journey. But I would ask for you to give a round of applause for these folks who <laughs> who offer this, this care. And then one other, uh, uh, peace, you may know that we've had a generosity preaching um, challenge out here in the conference, and we received several excellent uh, uh, submissions for that, and the, the Generosity Network folks looked at videos and so forth. And I'm pleased to tell you that Reverend Brian Russell from Community Church in Amherst, uh, we found to be just a particularly uh, helpful uh, preacher in this area. And so I've let him know this morning that he is the choice of the network to honor for generosity in preaching. We'll be posting the videos on the website. But just celebrate Brian and all of you who, who are engaged that work. So thank you. Thank you. I know that this is conference minister's report, but I'm a preacher, so I will both watch the time, but I need you to know that I'm going to speak from my heart to yours. You know a great deal about what we have done together. You've seen those reports. So I want to move us in a different direction in terms of our holy imagination together And I invite you, if you would, to join your heart with mine in prayer. Loving God, awaken us to the holiness that is you in us and in all creation. Let your love reign supreme in our hearts and minds. Let it be enacted in our lives. Help us remember that there is no separation between people and time and heaven and earth. For all is one in and through you. Let food of body and food of spirit abound. Let forgiveness be our first thought so that the only debt is love. When we are tempted to forget you or try to run away from you, lead us on the grateful path into your very heart, of love, for there is no other place to be. All kingdoms, all power, all glory are yours. Amen. So I have the unique privilege today of being gathered in the presence of my teachers. That is all of you. And I really mean that. Those of you who are national setting staff who are still with us, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart how deeply I appreciate your particular gifts of ministry in our life together. And I just ask us to applaud and thank all of them for being here. It is easy to take those who live nearby for granted as if they live in some distant land, right? But the truth is, these dear ones are us. They are in our midst and always have been. And by their presence, our life is strengthened. I hope that by our being together in the particular way that we have in this time, that you personally have had a chance to make connections that maybe you haven't had an opportunity to develop before. And that those conversations that were started here in this weekend, that they will continue for your strengthening. Carl, Nayiri, Patricia, Dan, and Michael you need to know also, from the bottom of my heart, I do not take you for granted whatsoever. You are huge gifts in our life, and we are stronger because of what we are doing together and because of the particular and unique gifts that each of you brings in our work. And I ask you to applaud them, too. So I know they were introduced. <laughs> and to each of you, each of you in your particular ministry, whether it's as a parish pastor, as a chaplain, as a lay leader in our life, in any per- expression of that ministry, as I see you and I do see you, I am learning from you constantly. You bear gifts and charisms for our life that are absolutely necessary for us to become the body of Christ that God intends us to be in the season of human history. You are a gift. To the body of Christ, and I want you to know it. How are you? <laughs> you know, we have covered a lot of things together. You've heard about our networks and our ecumenical connections, our, our designated ministry partners, and I'm so thankful to our Chisholm relationship. I, I fear that we didn't lift that up enough, but dear Chisholm partners, George, if you're with us. Emily and Jamar, please know, uh, just so if you haven't heard this, you know, our Chisholm partners last year offered care of over a billion dollars in uncompensated care to the human family, over a billion dollars in uncompensated care. That's part of the ministry you see that we share. But I want to speak to you for just a few minutes about a holy urgency that faces us in the human family. There are many. But I particularly want to name white Christian nationalism. I had a conversation with our son, Andrew, who is a Middle East peace negotiator. And he said, you know, we've been talking, he and his colleagues, about the necessity of dismantling that phrase, that there is nothing Christian about white Christian nationalism. And we need a different way to talk about this. Maybe to say white theocratic nationalism. We must disentangle the word Christian from that which is absolutely counter to the gospel witness of Jesus Christ. The world and its future depend on our investing in this work. So we have a high calling, friends, we always have, but it is especially important now because there is, you may know, a disintegration that is happening in the human family. It does not have to be this way. And we do have good news to share. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel, as I understand it, and I, I know you, I know that you know this, I'm just today reminding you of what you already know, is about a daring proclamation in which Every bit of creation, everyone in the human family is beloved by God. Yes? yes. You can talk back to me today, okay? That's, I'm used to it. I like it. <clears throat> Several years ago, in the height of COVID, together as a conference, we re-articulated what we discern God's call in our life to be, and I want you to hear it, that together in Christ's love, we collaborate to reconcile and restore all God's creation. Now, that's ridiculously bold. But God calls us to the ridiculously bold. We are empowered by a Holy Spirit, not just any Holy Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who she won't let us go. Right. And we are called to be inspired to connect and equip and support our faith communities, each other to grow as faithful disciples and responsible stewards following Jesus' call to extravagantly love all God's children and creation. I want you to really hold that. So here's an image I want to offer to you. That is that much of the work we do, and some of you have heard me say this before, is ligamental. Is ligamental. I want you to look at your hand for just a second. I want you to wiggle your fingers. And I want you to be conscious of what a miracle it is that you can do that. I hope you can do that. Some of you know I'm a violinist. And one of the great fears of any string player is spraining a finger. Because that puts you out of commission for a while. How many of you ever sprained something? Have you raised your hand? Okay, so, so I'm, talking to the, I'm talking to people who know, who know a bit about this. Do you realize that much of what we do in the body of Christ is ligamental work? It is unseen most of the time. It's when it's not functioning well, when the ligaments have been stretched or broken, that the body begins to ache. And so much of ministry, especially in COVID, that which was invisible, what pastors do, what lay leaders do in ministry, often hidden because it's only seen by the person you're with in that particular moment, became even more hidden during COVID. And it has created great stress as we've come out of COVID We've had to learn how to re-embrace the ligamental nature of our life in love as called into the body of Christ. So I want us to think about that. In terms of our life together, we are called, each of us, to be ligamentally connected to each other The body demands it and the world needs it. The world needs it. Do you know what I'm talking about? This this work will require for us a daring creativity and a daring willingness to be available to each other. Many of you I'm sure have heard that Vivek Murphy, Surgeon General of the United States last May, declared loneliness a public health crisis in our country. It's a failure of ligamental connections. The church, in all of its messiness, and I believe me, I know it's messy, carries a possibility for ligamental work that I think may be our highest calling. I'm not talking about ligaments that tighten and constrict, I'm talking about ligaments that connect and make possible a different kind of music and movement in the life of the human family. It is a great and high calling for us. Every now and then, I get a chance to really talk to my teachers. That happened to me this past summer. I try to get to the summer camps as they're happening at Temple Hills at least once a week. It doesn't always happen. But I got up there for sports camp this past summer. This is one of our larger camps. And I had communicated with the directors ahead of time that I wanted to have a chance to be with the senior highs. It's a multi-age camp. And they arranged for that. So if you've been to Temple Hills, you know, Skipper outside, there's this area where the picnic tables are just underneath. And uh, we were all kind of huddled together. And I said to them, you know, I don't get to be with senior highs much these days. That's one of the things i missed, frankly, about not being in a parish setting. And I said, and I'm hungry to know things. I need you to tell me. Tell me about life. What is the life of the world that you inhabit? What are the things you're worried about? What are you working on? What are you noticing? And here's what, some of what they told me they said one of them said you know i feel sometimes at a loss when i'm at the lunch table with my conservative christian friends and they tell me what their version of christianity is and mine i talk about is so different and they tell me no, you're not christian what do i do with that she asked so i shared with her i said you know I don't have easy answers, but I think we need to begin saying in this part of the tent of Christianity that we are also Christian. I'm a Christian who believes that God leaves no one out. I'm a Christian who believes that no matter where you've been, you're welcome on this journey. I'm a Christian who, though I may not understand you, I do believe that God understands you, and that's enough for me, right? I said we need... It's okay to claim the Christian label and reframe it in those conversations. Others shared with me, I'm concerned about the earth. What will happen to the earth that we will inhabit in our lifetime? Inhabits, my word, but you know, that's what they were saying. They said, we have to be more serious, more deliberately serious about the work of creation, justice. Justice because our future, our present, but our future, they said, we, we need that, we need that. They said, we think we're doing better on anti-racism work, but there's a lot of work to do. Will you work with us? I said, yes, I will work with you. Friends, this is ligamental work. This is naming things out loud to each other to help us again and again remind ourselves of what God is calling us to do and be in the life of the world and have the kinds of conversations that can lead us to action. So I wonder, what will be the questions that we ask? What will be the nature of our holy curiosity can we begin our conversations with, I wonder, I wonder? Can we engage wonder as the beginning place of imagining a different kind of world? Can we begin again and again and again to say, where is their hurt? And how can I help? Can we become more clear about the charisms that each of our communities of faith carries? No two church communities are gonna carry exactly the same charisms of faith. The question is not the sameness, but can we be clear about what God is calling us to so that as we embrace that charism, we live it boldly into the life of the world and in that boldness encourage others who may have, offer us different charisms and encouragements. This, you see, is the gift of our ligamental life. If you go ahead and advance the next slide. So, there's one more there. There, I don't know if you can read that. It says, welcome home, welcome home. That, that was on the boards that were part of one of the walls in this Help Build Hope House Build that we did at Templed Hills. See, once we built the walls, everyone was invited to write blessings on the walls. So when those walls get assembled and they get finished, there will be blessings inside those walls already, you see. And it occurred to me, that's what we're called to. We are called to write blessings into each other's lives so that as we are assembled into whatever God desires to build, we can, a holy space will already be fashioned in our life together. So the question is for me and for us, I think, is what kind of holy imagination will inhabit our life? I don't fully know. I've got a few ideas it will require all of us to continue to imagine out loud together. I wonder if that's part of what Alan and I are doing. We do a lot of wondering out loud together. I wonder what it would be like if, and I hope that having been here, you will now have the courage and the opening to, to be in touch with the national staff person and say, I wonder if, I wonder about, what if we You understand how this works. This is the building of a ligamental life together. What kind of home will we allow God to build with us for the human family? And not just us alone, because it's going to have to continue to expand, not just our disciples' Uh, partners, I was having a conversation with Jim Clausing just before we started here he and sharing about being in Greenland and they went to united uh, uh, or Newf- Newfoundland was it Newfoundland and went to United Church of Canada uh, uh, congregation and they have this these wonderful hymn resources and Do you know that we're engaged in partnership? Cheryl Lindsay, our beloved Cheryl, is working with United Church of Canada, and there may be other partners in this who who are developing resources, new ways of worshiping for our life together. See, this is part of what is necessary in order for this house to continue to grow and expand so that everyone everywhere can discover they are truly at home. So I wanna remind you of just two more things. First, our logo which is really a prayer symbol, that at the center of our life is the alive heart of Christ. The blue reminds us that we are baptized into the beloved community. It also has, the, the blue forms butterfly wings reminding us that we are people of the resurrection. We dare to believe that even out of death and maybe especially there, God can and will and does raise new life. Yes? Amen. The four circles are associations working in, in collaboration with each other. That is all of us. And this is the table of communion that, that calls us together and the world that calls us forth. So when, you, when I say to you, this is a prayer pin, I mean it. This is a prayer pin, not just a logo. I absolutely believe that God is calling us to an arrangement of life where all God's children can acknowledge their full identity and empowered by agape love, freely use their gifts for the upbuilding of the common good so that everyone may creatively flourish sharing in God's abundance and joy. I want to say that again. That God yearns for an arrangement of life and us to be part of it, where all God's children, in the fullness of their identity, can freely use their gifts without fear for the upbuilding of the common good and the good of the creation so that all may creatively flourish, sharing in God's abundance and joy. This, my friends, is our high calling. We cannot do it alone. We are ligaments in God's holy work. We call it salvation, actually, the healing of the world. I give thanks to God for you. You are a blessing, and I believe God is blessing us together. It is an honor and a privilege. I thank you for your financial support of this work. We have much work to do, but it is also a joyful work. Thank you for the privilege of my being able to serve you in this way. You are a blessing to me. Amen. I, um, I don't know if there are questions. Any Can questions? right back at you um, really I don't know if there are questions I know we're at lunch but I, I did want to do,
1: do, do we have a question or two for Dave we have a question or two
0: I think we're it's time to I eat talk- Yeah. what's that what are you doing for self-care? oh did Beth talk to you uh, laughter gonna answer that I'm not very good at it I'm not and uh, I I need to work on that I I really do and I thank you beth has been working on me for 40 we've been married a long time so a long time okay and and uh, um, thank you mark thank you okay Oh, uh, okay, she talked to all of you, didn't she? Yeah. You know, th- this, is, this, is, this is serious, actually, right? It's serious. Because um, Sabbath is, is not, it's easy to overlook it. It's easy to violate the commandment. And I'm guilty of it. And I don't say that with pride, it just, it's, it's a wrestling. And I really appreciate your holding me accountable because I will take that to heart. And, and it is important for you to know that the Lord has approved that I will be on sabbatical next year, uh, uh, March, April and May. So, um, but I'm gonna work on this before then, I promise you. Okay, okay, thanks. We hope that this space for prayer and pondering has been helpful to you in some way. The Heartland Conference trusts that the Holy Spirit empowers us to inspire, connect, equip, and support one another to grow as faithful disciples and responsible stewards following Jesus' call to extravagantly love all God's children and creation. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, We are glad you have journeyed with us, if only for a little while. If you'd like to find out more about our life together in the Heartland Conference, we invite you to visit our website at heartlanducc.org. Blessings on you.